eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. Each week here on Loho Daily, I talk with the production crew of Tony Gill and Rick Camp. We are back in our cramped studio where they only get one microphone, um, but that's okay. Tony was on TV this morning. Yeah, television. Didn't get paid, though. But it was cool. That's all right. You're working your way towards getting paid. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, What's the topic that you didn't get to that you wanted to get to? Oh, yeah, so they... So wait, 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 wait. Let's give the propers. Um, Tony was on WCIU The Jam. The morning show over on WCIU, they have a lot of fun. They've made a couple changes. Uh, my man John Hansen is one of the hosts now, which is great. And Amy's over there from Channel 9. She came over, and Felicia's still there. So you were on the segment they call, like, Deep Dish. Deep Dish, where yeah, yeah. you talk about some topics. Mm-hmm. So what was the topic that you didn't get to talk about? Um, I, I'm wondering if they're going to use it later. Like it doesn't matter. But, um, we're we're not in a we're not in competition was, with the jam, Tony. <laughs> it was funny because it came off the heels of what our last, I guess, episode of what we do family reunions. Yeah, where they said there's a study that was done that said we are more attracted to people that look like us. That makes sense. And I was like, yes, and this is why. Family reunions are important for that very reason. I don't think I don't think it means people who are related to you. But people who are related to you tend to look like. And if you don't know who they are, right? What I mean, even if you haven't met people, though, you've probably seen their picture at some point or heard a name uh, referenced. No, that doesn't that doesn't happen a lot. That doesn't happen a lot. You've never heard like if, your, your one of your parents be like, oh, your cousin such and so, who you may not have met, but you at least have like a reference point of like look, who the look, person. Look who you're talking to, man. I think I remember these people, faces and names. I'm not. Uh, if sa- I don't have, I mean, look who you're talking to. <laughs> I didn't say faces because that would obviously make your point even worse. So, but yeah, yeah, that was that was one of the topics I I, I wanted to talk about family reunions, but we didn't get to it. But we got to some Isn't other that stuff. What Facebook is for. For some? What, family reunions? No, of like, just to know who your family is and what they look like. Oh, I guess. I, I've had, like, random relatives, like, hit the, hey, I am your cousin. And then I'll ask my mom, and I'll be like, is this person my cousin, like, in some roundabout way? And they're like, yeah, pretty much. So I was like, okay. 
but genetically, the thing that they asked you makes sense. Mm-hmm. You look in the mirror every day and go, that person is attractive in the mirror. <laughs> so you go and look for, well, I'm going to have offspring. I want mm-hmm. the offspring to look like this attractive person here. So then you end mm-hmm. up being attracted to people who kind of have similar looks as you do. Do you and Mel look alike? No, we don't look anything alike. But but if you go through like my dating history, there are plenty of women that I have been asked, "Are you boyfriend and girlfriend or brother and sister?" Mm, can be. Uh, I don't think we really look. I don't think we look that alike. Hmm. It makes me question that whole study. Well, you're you're right now. You're Matt Nagy. <laughs> That study is done scientifically. What you just did was anecdotal. <laughs> you talked to two people who you work with. Well, my parents don't look alike. Well, all um, of us start to look like each other when we get older. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, start true. dressing alike. <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Can, can you guys like not wait for that? Like when you get older, you guys start dressing exactly the same as your as your wives? I haven't even thought. I never think about clothes. Mm-hmm. In, in really much of any regard, like, I have two pairs of jeans. I have my shirts that are in the drawer. And generally, unless there's, like, a specific reason to wear something, which doesn't happen very often, then I grab the first shirt and I put that on and I grab my socks. I'm doing this all in the dark because I get up a lot a lot earlier than my wife does. It I'm won't, trying to not wake her up. It won't happen with me and Mel because, as I've said before, my wife is half hippie, half hillbilly. <laughs> Her style is so out there that I I cannot compete, and I will not dress like her. Like it just it won't happen. So like, not even like, for one day. Did you guys I, dress alike when you guys got married? No, I had on a tuxedo, and my oh, wife. You guys don't. That's not a thing. It wasn't Dennis Rodman. When, when we got married, I had on a tuxedo. I did wear fancy gym shoes. She wore shoes, like camouflage pumps. And then when we had our, like our party party, like afterwards, she wore um, um, dunks. Like she wore wedge dunks to that. We're, we'll never dress alike because she's on another planet. When it comes to that sort of stuff. Does she have tie-dyed overalls? Because when you said hippie and hillbilly, if that's the first combo that comes to mind. No, she doesn't have any of that. But it's like she's peace and love, right? That's peace and love. Mm-hmm. Everyone should get along. But she's really good with a shotgun. Like, that's what I mean. Peace like, and love or else? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> like, like she's, she's all about, like, it's... She's half hippie, half hillbilly. I'll just <laughs> leave it. It's the best way to describe her. So I don't have to worry about us dressing alike. Because she already she thinks that I, I'm i not very good at – my mid-range game is not great. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. my mid-range game is this, like a pair of jeans and maybe a, a hoodie. Mm-hmm. Like my my long-range game, my suit game, solid, real solid. I'm I'm mm-hmm. very comfortable with it. And my low-post game – Fair sweatpants, <laughs> can't beat it. But my mid-range game is not not where I'd like for it to be. Do you guys default to sweatpants or, like, athletic shorts at home? If we're talking, it's not, like, a super hot or super cold day, like an average temperature day. Mm-hmm. I used to be all about the sweats, and it's so weird that you bring this up, Campy, because last night was the first night in months that I put sweats on. 
Like I, I put on a pair, my baggy pair of sweatpants. I was like, oh, that'd be comfortable tonight. It's kind of cold. But I'm I have a pair of DePaul shorts that I love mm-hmm. that when the day's over and I'm not leaving the house again, yep. that's what ends up going on. Mm. I'm a shorts and hoodie guy. Um, sometimes I may wear wear a skull cap. I don't know why. I just like wearing them sometimes. In the house? Yeah, in the house. Really? Yeah. A skull cap or a wave cap? No, a skull cap. Not not a not a do rag. Okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, because like for me, unless it's sub zero, it's athletic shorts, and pr- either a t shirt or no sleeve, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. But the athletic shorts are a constant, and like even when I'm sleeping, unless it's sub zero, probably no blanket, just a sheet. This has been a thing in, in the house of late where you, Mel made the accusation of, you're always taking the covers away. I'm like, no, that must be your other <laughs> husband because, because I rarely sleep with anything covering me now. And really? she's, yeah. yeah. Like, there's a, we have like, you know, we have the, the sheet, the blanket, the comforter now because it's winter now, apparently. The, 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 uh, sheet. And then there's another, there's like another little teeny tiny blanket. That's the one that I end up with. Mm. Not, I mean, she doesn't like, you can only have this. <laughs> but but that's what, because she just curls up in it. So I take that. But most nights, like last night, I didn't have anything covering me. You, I had the sweatpants on. Do you make the bed? Yeah, I try to make it every day. Like as soon as we get out of it. That's so hard. Yeah, I'm I, I, so hard. I, now, man. mind you, I'm I'm the one that's out the door first, so I'm normally not in that position. But normally, we don't make the bed very often. I'm I'm cool with that, oh, but like I used the, to be one of those dudes. I'd be I'm like, what anyway. does it matter? Right? What does it matter? Who's this yeah. for? Really? I actually you scramble like it. if someone's coming over. Obviously, like that's that's a whole thing. But like mm. now, one thing that I got Colleen as a gift that has made it so much more of a pain in the ass: the weighted blanket. That's the one where it helps you sleep, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like for her, it's like she doesn't have issues sleeping. It's just like she just loves the extra little bit of weight. So like I I want to say hers is like a like a 15 pound, like, like 12 to 20 pounds based on how big it is. That sounds dangerous. But it's one of those where it's like if she's laying more in the middle and that thing gets on me, it's more work. To, you can't just like shove it off to the side. You've got to put a little something into it <laughs> just to like get this thing off of me, get it away from me altogether. Especially since she's a two to three blanket person a night, mm. and I am sheet. So it's like there is there is like a wall of blankets that is built between the two of us. <laughs> I can imagine. Like, are you about I to move go all herb? I move around. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it makes sense. I don't think that I he's move wrong. around a lot yeah. in my sleep. I don't snore. I'm a mover. I don't know why. Sometimes I'm at the other end. Sometimes I'm at the other end. Like, now imagine putting somebody else in there. Like, yeah, let's, let's just Hey, I, I get kicked quite often. Mel thrashes. Mm. Like, she has these horrible dreams, and she thrashes. And so I've been, I've been elbowed. I've been kicked. Some of the stuff she doesn't believe. She's like, right, that didn't happen. I took a one morning I woke up, and I took a picture of us. <laughs> Because her thumb is almost in my eye. <laughs> like she is hand on my on my head, thumb almost in my eye. And I was just like, click, click, see, this is exactly what happens in the middle of the night. She doesn't believe, like that's there's no way that that, that happens. I, 
Because I usually, I am out. I stay in one spot. Mm. Yep. And that's usually how it works. But she will, I don't know who she's fighting, but she's fighting I, someone in those dreams all the time. I, I, Lightfoot. I never. <laughs> that's definitely one of the people she would, she'd be fighting. I never remember dreams. Like, I talk with, I you know, on Bernstein McKnight, I work with Jay Zawoski, and Jay always remembers his dreams, and they're, like, remembers them vividly, and they're really weird, but, like, I never, ever remember dreams. All the dreams that I do remember are, like, just random situations that end up kind of happening in real life. Like, it's weird. So you see the future? Is that, was that what you're uh, telling us? I don't know what it is. I don't know what, what, what to call that, but... Like, I'll just be standing, like, on the platform or something at the right angle. I'm like, I've seen this before. And it's like, that person's about to, a person in a red coat is about to come up the escalator or something. And then, oh, there's a person with the red coat. I think Tony has just figured out that we're all living in the Matrix. Probably. It, it's like, I've always kind of gotten used to it. I've, I've gotten used to it now. The fact that everybody has routines, not just you. Yeah, that might be it, too. Mm-hmm. It's kind yeah. of how it works. Because, like, the train platform's exactly, for me, what it is. By the time I get there, there's the guy that's a little taller that uses a cane who's standing in the same spot. Mm. And mind you, I go to the same spot. So I'm that I'm that random dude that's, like, a constant for these people, too. Mm-hmm. I go up the platform, and I go to my same spot. I get on the first car, and I stand, like, in reference to, like, when I look across, it's, like, between two... Um, to add signs like that's my my reference point so i stand in that same spot and normally i only have to move maybe three steps in either direction based on where the train stops on that day to get right on and be one of the first people on and get a seat to myself i heard you're supposed to mix it up so you won't get murdered <laughs> i mean yeah i mean you should <laughs> you should probably vary your routine a little bit but we as people, we seem to thrive better with routine. Mm-hmm. I know that I get frustrated when I am thrown off of my routine. Like, I am a um, a less likable person when I am thrown off of routine. I like it sometimes. Like, it doesn't bother me as much. as It makes me more, like, attentive to the situation or whatever. Um, but if it's, like, something important, important, like... Wait, like if like if you were to call off like thirty minutes, I'm like, oh, it was Lawrence, and he's like, yeah, I, I called off, and I'm like scrambling, like that'll probably get me more upset, but just like just walking or taking a train or something, like I like I like the mix up. Who, who told you you get murdered? Um, paranoid people. Yeah, yeah, paranoid people. And I just always believed. I'm like, yeah, I got to mix it up. I got to take this street this time versus the well, other way that I usually no, do it. You know what's going <laughs> to Somebody you know, may you be following what, me. You know what you probably did? You're like, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'll take this street. Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday, I'll take this other street. Just created so, a whole new routine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll take an alternate route. Like, once I get off on the train at um, Wabash and Randolph, I think is the new spot. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, multiple different ways I could do it. And so I just mix it up sometimes. I don't go the same way every every day. Why don't you just get off of Lake Street? No, that's too far. It's the next State and Lake? I mean, it's the next stop. What? 
between no, no it's yeah, it's too far. State and Lake and uh Ralph and Wabash. I think it's probably the same distance, yeah, Tony. I, I think it's I think it's pretty much the same. I think Tony's way might be a little shorter, I think but I, I think, think it's, it's pretty much the same. Oh, we'll get you to the pedway faster though. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you can just duck in uh There's a staples uh right there. Um, once you get off uh, the train, and I went in there assuming that, like, oh, they had, I see an escalator going down. You thought it was the pedway? And I thought it was the pedway, and it was just more staples. Well, they, they yeah, they're not on the pedway thing. Yeah, but TV's weird. TV was weird. Why was it weird? So was this whole 14 minutes, like, one long sentence? Basically. That you just waited for the comma to go back to TV? Yeah, but TV's weird. What you like? What'd you like about doing TV? Um, the having to be on. You know, like, in radio, there's a lot of room. In television, it's like, no. Like, you have to be on from the word go. This segment's four minutes. And turn it on and turn it on quickly. You got 20 seconds. And I have to get, my personality has to get ramped up. The more We're noticing. Com- the more comfortable I get with people or with the situation, the more you can get, get out of me. Um, so television might not be the best space for me personally. I wouldn't say that. I thought you did great this morning. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, it was, I felt like I couldn't give all of the Tony. I don't think everyone. That's probably that. okay. <laughs> yeah, you've done TV now in a couple different spaces. Campy, have you been yeah. on on sports? Uh... I've been on sports feed twice, once with uh, Josh and Jarrett, and then once just with Jarrett. What'd you mm-hmm. think of it? And I felt so uncomfortable. Why? Uh, I mean, part of it's just uh, I call it spatial awareness, is because I know that I'm taking up a bit more space than like Jarrett is. And then I think the way the second time that I was on there when it was just me and Jarrett, I was fidgety. So I think I moved my chair a little bit. So I was further forward. So I'm bigger than Jarrett anyway. Then you add that I'm closer to the camera and it was uh, a stark contrast. So I'm very aware of that. And I think like, like, like Tony, like being more concise can be an issue at times mm-hmm. as I'm yeah, sure you both noticed. People, yeah. yeah. That like. If I, yeah, just being concise is probably the hardest thing. So I'm just much more self-conscious in front of a camera than I am behind, just standard, like here behind a mic. I'm a, I'm a volume shooter when it comes to words. <laughs> like I'll, I'll, I'm making one from 30. Guaranteed I'm making one from 30. Monte it, Gill over here. But I am shooting like, you know, mid 30%. So, you know, there's that. I'm Zach Levine. I think you're better on TV than, than you give yourself credit. TV is weird though. It, it it's when you see yourself because it's it's it is you, but it's kind of not you. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and when you when you do it, it you look completely comfortable on television. Well, I've been doing do TV it. now for ten I mean, years. I can imagine reading. It. I can't see that teleprompter. Sure. Well, it probably means you need glasses. Probably, but I was like, I don't understand how you guys can read that. Like. I can't see it. Well, before a show, you're going to go over your script, so you have an idea, mm-hmm. and there's someone in your ear, so they're not telling you the script, but they're at least telling you the subject matter. So even if the, the teleprompter goes out, radio that's why radio people are good on TV, because we understand how to tap dance and improvise. Mm-hmm. If everything goes wrong, I can do my four-minute sports cast I used to do with Channel 5, 
if if I'm like, oh, well, here are the highlights, I can walk you through them. Whereas some people, if you get rid of their teleprompter, that's the end. And that's why you're seeing like a spike in radio people doing television because we understand that we can we can work on the script or off of it. Mm-hmm. Jason's really good at it. And he, you know, he's he's never hosted anything like this on television, like the the pre and post game, mm-hmm. but he knows how to do this already. Some of it is is easier than it looks for radio people to move to television, hmm. in my yeah, opinion. Like, when I've been on Sports Feed a couple times, I'm like, oh, we're done already? Or it's like like the amount of prep, like there, there's different levels of prep. Yep. Now, I've you know, all I've ever had is like the two guest spots. So my level of prep is, is a lot less because a lot of times what I'm already doing for the show here is exactly what I'm doing there. So there's no real extra prep involved. But like... In that regard, prep for the TV show versus prep for an AM talk show versus an FM show is just so crazy. Like, I've talked to people that are solid on air on the FM side, and I'm like, how long do you prep for your, like, you know, four-hour show? And they're like, oh, like, half hour, 40 minutes. And I'm just like, damn it. For, like, a four-hour show here? I mean, that's hours of prep. Yeah, but we're we're also constantly prepping. Yeah. Like, there's never a point where we're not prepping. Like even if that's why the people who end up marrying those of us who do this for a living or dating those of us who do this for a living, mm-hmm. that's why they have to they're special people because they have to understand, yeah, like I tell Mel all the time where like I'll be downstairs and I'll be like half asleep. Like I'm watching that. Like I'm still going to pick something up yeah. from that Awful Illini Minnesota game, <laughs> even though I'm taking a nap right now. Mm-hmm. Don't turn the channel. We we're constantly prepping. So like when you get to TV and they're like, okay, well, we've got four minutes to talk about. Like let's just use a sports context. We got four minutes to talk about the Bulls. Mm-hmm. We're used to being ready to talk for a 15 minute segment about the Bulls. So asking us two questions, like you're actually teeing me up too? Like I don't have to create it? (laughs) Like you're going to tee me up to do it? Mm -hmm. I got that in my back pocket. I can do that literally standing on my head. I think. I think I can still stand on my head. That sort of thing. So don't sweat it. It's good. The Mm -hmm. more exposure you guys get doing TV, the better it is for you. The other thing that, like, I realize with myself, and it's probably something, like, myself and maybe Colleen would notice, is, like, I know at some point when I have more money, I need to go to, like, a chiropractor because, like, my shoulders are always off. So, like, for me, I notice that. And I'm like, that is something so small that nobody else would notice, but it bothers me because, like, my upper body is always so much more tense and my shoulders are off where, like, my right shoulder dips more than my left. I think, it, and it sounds so lame and nerdy, but it's from carrying a 55-pound instrument sure. on my shoulder for a lot of days for eight years. So Yeah, you should probably go get that checked out. Yeah, prob- probably should. I, I will when I can. <laughs> but that's a, it's tight. Is that, in, is that tight. covered by the insurance? Well, I mean, you still have, like, depending on where you go and uh, the plan you choose, you know, you still have a, um, a copay. copay. Thank okay. you. But, uh, you know. And I haven't just looked into it yet because I'm like, eh. It's not know. that much. You're going to see a chiropractor. Yeah. It's not that much as far as copays go. 
Okay. They, 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 I think it was when I went, I think it was like 25 bucks. Okay. And then, like, you have to pay them. Sure. Like, if you do like a massage or something. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. But yeah. I felt like the copay was only like 25. So, okay. Go check it out. Go see how you feel. I will, the tip is to, you know, obviously the old school thing of sitting on the tails of your jacket. Mm-hmm. That, that I think will help with your posture. You yeah. Pull that back and then you sit straight up. Yeah. But you still end up like yesterday, I did a talk back with Philadelphia. NBC Sports Philadelphia, and I was, like, pulling my shirt down, mm-hmm. all, like, fixing my tie. Like, even though it, people don't really care, but right. you end up caring because it's a funhouse mirror of yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, like, and even, like, that's what, it's what Jay and I call, at least for ourselves, the uh, the fat tug of, like, <laughs> like the shirt that I'm wearing today is from the Homewoods uh, 0.3K that Jay and I ran. You guys crushed that. And by my standards, this shirt is tight for me. Really? So, like, I have been, I've been pulling this thing all day, and I know it's like a, it's a little tighter, more up, like in the shoulder, because I, I have pretty broad shoulders. So then, with me being bigger and that weight being evenly humble brag, <laughs> is it? I don't know. I've, I've got pretty broad shoulders. Have, yeah. I'm the brawny man. No, yeah. Here's my here's my brag. I have such broad shoulders. My fat gets evenly distributed, so I don't look as fat. <laughs> I didn't think that was a real thing, but when he was explaining it to me, I was yeah. like, that actually kind of makes sense. Yeah, because I was like, I never thought of Rick as like that big. I knew he was yeah. like a bigger guy, yeah. but I never thought but, he was like because it's he's right. right. It's I so mean, evenly distributed. Around his entire body, yeah, because it's, it's perfectly symmetrical. Yeah, because like, so like, my dad, he was never, he was never big until like, probably his like last four years or so. But he was, if you saw him from the back, he looked like just a normal in shape dude. But he turned to the side and he looked pregnant. <laughs> like everything else was fine, but man, that belly was there. <laughs> whereas like, whereas like me, I've got the body like my 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 grandpa, like my mom's dad, where I'm bigger framed. And thank God for me that it is all evenly distributed. Because if not, it would be a rougher look. Well, that's one of the things that TV does to you. Like I, I knew that I was kind of creeping up to a place that I didn't want to be at, like weight wise. But I had not been on a scale, and then the season started, and I was like, "Oh boy, oh, <laughs> oh, you might want to get to work." So, like, my goal was. My goal was to lose 25 pounds by the end of the season. I'm halfway there at the halfway point. Okay. So that's good. But even then, like, you're like, like, I see the guys who look great on camera. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. sitting next to Forte would give anybody a complex. Well, mm-hmm. sure. Like, he looks amazing. Yeah. But, like, I'm t- talking about, like, normies. Yeah. You know, the, those of us who are not <laughs> ex-athletes. Siafa. Right. Like, like you see, like, a guy like Siafa who looks great in suits or... Usually the taller guys look better in suits. Like Jeff Blanzy, for example, mm-hmm. look better in suits. Or Anthony Ponce, good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. If you met him, you'd be like, how much do you weigh? Because mm-hmm. he looks like he weighs like 140 pounds yeah. in person. Hmm. And on camera, it looks great. <laughs> and so if you're like, well, I'm a little bit heavier than that, and you're like, oh. Maybe I need to lose some. And then you keep going and going and going. And I don't know if it'll ever be what you, like, have in your mind. But my mom was like, you look like you lost weight. Like, she said that to me from watching the show. And I was like, yes, that's what I was going for. You've always been the same size to me. 
I mean, I know yeah. I'm probably going to, I too have broad shoulders. So I'm probably going <laughs> to be around the same size. But for me, it's usually fit. Like if my suits don't fit the way I, that's when I know I'm in trouble. And like I have like that's that's the the measurement. Yeah, and okay. I like it's that's like, you, <laughs> you need to go weigh yourself because this is not good. And I have like an assortment of suits. Like there's two suits that I will not wear on TV until mm-hmm. I drop a few more. The, those are what speed and it's a great term from Spiegel. The heat check suits. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are heat check suits. Heat check. And I and I have two on the opposite end. Mm-hmm. Just in case, just in case it's been a bad few months and I wasn't going to the gym that I know that no matter what, I can always get into and look okay in those. But now I'm right. I'm in Midgard right now and it's good. Got a nice selection there that I can play with. I legit can't think of the last time I stepped on scale. It's been months. It had been, it had been months for me and I stepped on it and I was like, oh, thank God because I was <laughs> – yeah. I, I thought I was 15 pounds heavier than I actually was. Yep. You always do that. Like I, I always do that. Like uh, the last time I stepped on a scale, and, and I've said how much I weigh before. I really don't. I, you know, I don't care if people know that. Like 172 I, pounds. The last time mm-hmm. I stepped on a scale, I was worried I was going to be like 340, 345. No way. And I was like 325. So in that moment so, when you he saw does, that, he does not look. Great. No, he does not. You not even do close. Not even close. Dude. I was I was thinking you were going to say two fifty. Yes. Oh, no, no. My my uh, my thinnest pictures that I have, like, so I joined Facebook, like, right when it started, like, my uh, so when it second, was the Facebook. Yes, when it was the Facebook, my like second semester of college. So I in, normally in college in the fall semester when marching band was going on and I was you know just more active in general. I would be like 250, 255 in the spring semester when I would still be playing basketball a few times a week, but not marching or anything, 270. And then once I left Northern, <laughs> that thing just gradually worked itself up. The the worst spots are when you're like my, old running backs, because that's what happens. The yeah. old running backs get mm-hmm. big. <laughs> Jerome Bettis and I are sitting around watching that Earl Campbell video from NFL Films. Like, uh-huh. Oh boy, this is going to be rough. Yep. That yeah, so that when you cross the t-shirt size, or when like even now t-shirts or like you know shirts, obviously clothes in general are weird. Where it's like in certain brands, like a lot of us here have homage shirts, shirts from homage that are great. I, I've talked to Tanny about this. You just have to order them a size bigger than normal because they just run small. So like in those situations, I'm like, okay, that's not a thing. But when it's like a normal shirt, and I'm like, the first time I crossed from the one to the two x. I that was a rough moment, and then when I crossed from two to three, like that's where I'm. I'm kind of in that two and three quarters right now, depending on your brand. But uh, it's not a great feeling. You'd think that'd motivate me, but apparently not at this point. <laughs> it did motivate you. You created a podcast, a successful one. Yeah, the I'm Fat Podcast. It's true. Which so, is yeah, a which is a which is a blast. And like on the whole. On the whole, I don't care. It's just we all have those moments. Yeah. You have those moments you care. So, oh, are you looking forward to doing TV again, Tony? Um, hmm. Can I say yeah with a question mark? Sure. Yeah. Question mark. I thought you did really well. I will never think I do well. The executive producer thought you did really well too. Except for the only thing that I have the utmost confidence in is radio in general. 
Well, you're going to have to learn to, to appreciate everyone is everything now. You can't just mm-hmm. you can't just be a radio guy. You're yeah. going to have to branch out. And I'm glad you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, the EP of the show thought you did great. Yeah, she told, texted uh, me oh, during really? the show today oh. to say how great you did. Yeah, I uh, when I was having Harold's with Jason Leisure, um, I told him, like, if I don't get that uncomfortable feeling, like, for a while that kind of like that nervousness of like, oh man, I don't know, you know, about this, then I feel like I'm not doing something, yeah. you know, right in my career. So yeah. like when something comes up or when an opportunity kind of comes up, um, I like to do that sometimes just so I can feel that nervousness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's kind of like how like athletes, you know, when they retire, like they, you know, yeah. well, I want to get that feeling again. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Like I, I don't play basketball as much because of, you know, my injuries. So... And it always, no matter how I played, like, or where I was playing at, I always have that, like, that nervousness a little mm-hmm. bit. And I enjoyed that. So now I'm just, yeah. I just transferred it to over here. There's, in media. there's no better feeling than when the open starts for a show that you are hosting and you're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Like, that, that moment That's right. is awesome. Do you do that? I, Does that happen to you every day? Yeah. I still, I still, get nervous as I'm turning on the microphone and then once I start talking it goes away mm-hmm. but you're sitting there going look it the only time that, that it can be overwhelming is if you feel like you didn't prepare as well as you should have mm-hmm. but those days are few and far between mm-hmm. that most of the time I feel I feel very qualified mm-hmm. to do what I do so and hopefully those days I feel uh, hopefully I, I kind of make up the difference on those rare rare occasions I get I, I guess <laughs> I would probably say it's probably more excitement mm-hmm. than yeah. the nerves like for TV especially now I get super excited mm-hmm. like I go out to the set at the two minute warning and I watch the game from out there I I'm I am a creature of habit like I'm I like to be in the studio. I want to see what's going on in the studio, like that sort of thing. But my guys, like, they'll run out. I mean, literally, like, the game just ended. And we're trying to put a, yeah, like, we're trying to put a microphone on Lance. Like, it's 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 fun, though, because they they do look to me to be like, so wait, what did I miss anything? Like, do I need to know what's going on? Or, or like, I was telling you how we had the one show with – where Lance's security badge was still on. That's and, I, and I had to reach over during the segment and take off his security badge. He's like, I'm an idiot. I'm like, it's fine. It's totally fine. All right, well, that's it. One, one question. Oh, one Jesus. last question. Okay. Um, somebody asked me something via my DMs on Twitter, and I Ooh, didn't. slid into the DMs? Uh, yeah, it was like a professional question. Oh, okay. Um, and I didn't know how to answer it because, like, my situation was, like, so unique. Um Okay. Can you they, be more specific? Well, they asked me, you know, any advice on how to get into the business. And I was like, man, dude, like, they they took away, like, the thing that I know, which is internships. You can tell and, them that. And it's like, I don't, I didn't know what advice, like, I didn't want to do them the cliche, just keep working hard. No, tell, and, tell, you know, tell I, this like, person that internships are on the decline. But there are still ways, there are still places that still offer them. Seek out places that have internships. So I was like, I mean, so that's why, that's the question for you specifically. You're a teacher, you're, you know, a big-time host. It's like, what advice do you give people that say, hey, I want to get into, you know, television or radio? Diversify. I I say that, that go work at a couple different places. Go see, because you might think, 
oh, I want to go work at the score. Well, go work at GCI and see what working in a music station is like. Go work on a TV show like The Jam. Go do that. See what it feels like. See if you feel comfortable doing all of that stuff. Get a, an idea of what the industry is like overall and how you fit in it before you decide, well, the only route that I can take is being a talk show host. It, it, the industry changes so quickly now that there might be better jobs that are suited for you that you will be happier at than the, what, nine jobs that are available in Chicago to be a sports talk show host. Yeah. The, the turnover is not great. You might be waiting a while, and you're gonna there are gonna be some other people who feel like they've already put themselves in position to be the next person. But you know what you could do? You end up being executive producer on a television show, or you could end up being a guy that runs podcast, or you might find yourself in front of the camera earlier than you expected to be because there's so many places that need content. So go work at a bunch of different places while you still while you can afford it. Like if you're in college. Mm-hmm. And can afford to intern because not everyone can. People yeah. got it. People got to eat. That was, yeah, that was another thing too. I mean, yeah. this this guy that that messaged me, he you know he has a wife and a kid, and it's like I didn't have any of that, so I can just like and I I was at the crib, you know. So I was like I don't have any like harsh realities. Yeah. I just went after it without like just kind of threw caution to the wind, and because yeah. I was afforded that opportunity. I almost killed myself during the internship, honestly, like a couple times because I was working. 35 hours at Target. I was doing my class hours at IMS. I did a four-hour show weekly at IMS. I was doing the Friday night uh, high school, whichever sport we were doing that week broadcast. And I was trying to, I was at least attempting to go see uh, Colleen when she was my girlfriend at that point in time and still be around the house a little bit. So I was, and I was interning here for it was Monday and Friday for Molly and Hanley at the time, and then Saturday it was supposed to be two to eight, but because of the train schedule ended up being more like two or twelve to ten. So I was doing all that, and then I would have to be back at Target at five a.m. on a Sunday. Somewhere like multiple times where the old Rumble strip on the uh, on the uh, Ike came in handy. Yeah, so like it's that. so weird because I I had Kenzie on House of L. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll come out in a couple of weeks, but we were talking about like she you know lived in her car, and she said that there would be nights where she'd be driving, yep. and that Rumble Strip like woke her up. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. She's out there sleeping. The other thing I would tell people is make yourself available. You want to you want to work in broadcasting and find yourself an opportunity. Work on holidays because a lot yes. of people don't, and those are chances right there. Like whether it's to get on the air or on the board or any of that mm-hmm. stuff, it gives you a chance because most of the and and you don't usually have the tension of the boss being there. A little bit of a freer flowing atmosphere. That the last hosting shift I got was Labor Day. Like that's you know that's those are the opportunities you take them when you can get them. Well, no, let's let's work on getting more. So uh, was it Labor Day? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was when the Schuster and I had the extravaganza where we and Rick seven, the studio seven to twelve forty five. So we filled in for Mully and Haw, Bernstein and McKnight, and you. 
Well, we in one shift. <laughs> That's very much appreciated. All right, that'll close it up for Loho Daily today for Rick Camp and Tony Gill. I'm Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.